Let's take our Bibles tonight. Please turn to John chapter 20. John chapter 20. This week we will do our Portraits of Christ in the evening service. We don't want to miss John chapter 20. It's the resurrection, and so we would roll around to next year again, and we don't want to do that. So John chapter 20 tonight. I am aware of the time, and I promise you I'll just keep you for a very few minutes. We're not going to be very long tonight. And uh, we just really wanted to have a relaxed service, a time of worship and praise to our Lord. And then we'll spend a little time in the Word of God and then have some fellowship. Brother Baker shared something with me this week that I thought was very interesting. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 that those that gladly received his word were baptized. Those 3,000 saved on the day of Pentecost. And they continued in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and prayers. And he says, you know, they put fellowship right up there with doctrine and prayers. I never thought about that before, but fellowship is very important in the life of a Christian. And so tonight we've enjoyed some singing together, we'll enjoy some time in the Word, and we'll also enjoy some fellowship together to follow. John chapter 20, the Bible says, The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark, unto the sepulchre, and seeth the stone taketh away from the sepulchre. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter, and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth and that other disciple and came to the sepulcher. So they ran both together and the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulcher. And he stooping down and looking in saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter following him and went into the sepulcher and seeth the linen clothes lie and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself." Then went in also that other disciple, which came first to the sepulcher, and he saw and he believed. For as yet they knew not the scripture, that he might rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again unto their own home. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you and praise you for your goodness to us. We thank you, Lord, that today we reflect upon an empty tomb. There's an old song that was sang by the Same fellow that just sang the song we heard the bakers sing about that empty tomb. And the line that always catches me is that the tomb had an echo, for it was empty and bare. Father, we just praise you for that echo tonight, that empty tomb. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that Jesus Christ is coming again. Father, help us in these next few minutes. Lord, may the Spirit of God guide us and direct us. Fill me, I pray, as I need your help. Well, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we near the end of this Portraits of Christ series, we also see that the life of Christ comes to a climax. Last week we looked at the crucified Savior, and today we talk about our risen Lord. Our crucified Savior, you'll remember that doctor's account of the terrible suffering that Jesus faced. It was heart-wrenching to think of what Jesus did for you and I. During the events of that day, the crucifixion, the Disciples, not just the twelve, but all that followed him, the Bible says they forsook him and fled. Not to mention that Peter also would follow at a distance, but then deny him three times. The closest followers of Jesus would spend the next few days in hiding for fear of the Jews in the upper room with the door closed and sealed and the windows shut tight. They would be in fear of all those that were around them, men who just days earlier were saying they were willing to die for Christ and how much they loved Christ and willing to raise a sword against a Roman soldier. But now 
they hid themselves. Then after three days and three nights, we see the ladies come to anoint his body. John chapter 20 talks about Mary Magdalene, but Mary Magdalene that we see here by herself is actually a little bit later than what happened first. In Mark chapter 16, we read about what happened first. Mary Magdalene came to the tomb with Mary, the mother of James, in Siloam. And it was there that they met the angel. And the angel said, Who seek ye? Jesus of Nazareth? Why seek ye the living among the dead? Go and tell his disciples that he is alive. Well, that scared the ladies pretty good. And they didn't go tell anybody. We'll read that scripture in a few minutes, but you'll find that they did not go and tell anybody. Mary, the mother of James, must have went home in fear. Mary Magdalene headed out, but then she came back. And that's what we see in John chapter 20, and that's where she met Jesus. And another passage says she thought he was the gardener, but when she, he said Mary, she knew that it was Jesus. I want you to notice the difference that we see in the three people, the characters that we'll look at tonight. And see if you can't relate to them. I want you to notice how much difference an empty tomb makes. The fact that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead is no small thing. It is the pivotal moment of history. If Christ had died on the cross and was still laying in a grave today, we would have no hope. But Christ is risen. And our lives have been changed forever. I want you to notice, first of all, the one who despaired. The one who despaired. The Bible says that Mary came on the first day of the week and while it was yet dark and she saw that the stone was taken away and she finally went that second time. By the way, you'll notice tonight that the angel could not convince Mary to go tell anybody, but Jesus could. And when Jesus said go and tell, she ran and told the disciples that Jesus was alive. But Mary, the Bible says in verse 11, when she came back with the disciples... And they saw what they had found. She still had not seen the body of Christ. She supposed he had been stolen. The Bible says, they have taken away my Lord. And we know not where they have laid him. Boy, there's a message in there somewhere, isn't there? They've taken our Lord out of the public schools. We know not where they've laid him. They've taken our Lord out of Parliament. And we know not where they have laid him. They've cast him aside like a corpse, thinking that he's a dead God, but he's a living God. The Bible says that Mary was concerned, and the Bible says in verse 11, but Mary stood without at the sepulcher weeping. She was in despair. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher and seeth two angels in the white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had laid. And they said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. When she had thus said thus, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou hast borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. She turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. 
You know, Mary was the one whose life had been drastically changed by the Lord. Brother McPherson mentioned earlier that seven demons had been cast out of her. Her life had been touched by Jesus in such a way that she was never the same. She became a disciple of Jesus Christ. She became one of his most devoted followers, and she followed him. And though all the others fled for fear, we see Mary Magdalene standing beside Mary at the foot of the cross. It was Mary Magdalene that helped the burial of Christ and came to anoint his body. Mary was one of the most devoted followers of Christ, but now the body of Christ was missing. Already in despair, she broke down. But I want you to notice that Jesus met her need with an empty tomb. I wonder tonight if you can relate to Mary. Maybe you've been in despair. But you know, whenever we get discouraged or we get down, we need to be reminded that we have a Christ that's living. And he's sitting at the right hand of the Father and he's interceding for us. And the Spirit is searching our hearts for we know not how we ought to pray. But he's praying on our behalf, making intercession for us. We have a God who cares about us and loves us and cares enough to give us an empty tomb and to appear to Mary in that garden. Now look at verse 19. The Bible says the same day at evening being the first day of the week. I'm sorry, look at verse 18. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. There's no more weeping. It's done. You see, Jesus can take your despair and give you hope because of an empty tomb. I want you to see the second person that we see in verse 2. We see the one who denied there was the one who despaired, but there was also the one who denied. The Bible says, Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and the other disciple, whom Jesus loved, and saith them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre, and we know not where they laid him. Peter therefore went forth, and the other disciple and came to the sepulchre. So they ran together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter. I love that. I don't know why. You understand the other disciple who Jesus loved is John that wrote this. And he's just letting us know that he outran Peter. He just wanted everybody to know that, so he put it in the scriptures. So he outran Peter, but when they got there, John was fearful. He stooped down, but Peter barged right into that tomb and found the clothes, the Bible says in verse 7, in the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in that other disciple also, which came first to the sepulcher, and he saw and believed. Peter was the one who denied what a wonderful act of the grace of God that Peter would be one of the first to see the empty tomb. And I want you to turn back to Mark chapter 16 and notice something with me tonight. And when the Sabbath was great, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Siloam, had brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? When they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. And entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrighted. Brother, Brother McPherson, do you know what I just noticed? Where was that angel sitting? The Bible says on the right side. When we walk into that empty tomb, where is the only place to lay a body? Do you remember? When you walk into the tomb in Israel, the only place to lay a body is on the right side. Boy, tell me that's not the empty tomb of Christ. It's just everything lines up with the Bible. I, ne I never saw that before. Isn't that neat? Well, praise the Lord. Thank you. If I get that, nobody else, fine. Amen. I'm, I'm glad. The Bible's fun, I'm telling you. 
Read on with me. Verse 6, and he saith unto them, Be not affrighted, ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. But go your way, tell his disciples, and who? Peter. Wait a minute, isn't that the one who denied him? Isn't that the one that's been moping around for three days weeping? The Bible says he went out and wept bitterly when that cock crew. Isn't this the one that... Isn't that the last one he should be worried about? Boy, that's grace. That's mercy. Jesus wanted to let Peter know, hey, it's okay. Yes, I know you denied me, and I know that you, that you didn't even want to be associated with me, and I know that you even cursed and you swore so you wouldn't be identified with me. But Peter, I still love you. And there's an empty tomb to prove it. That's grace. That's mercy. Read on just a little bit so that we can remember the context here tonight. But go your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him as he said unto you. And they went out quickly. And look what it says. And they fled from the sepulcher. The angels didn't convince them at all. For they trembled and were amazed. Neither said they anything to any man. Mary, Magdalene, and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, they fled. They didn't tell anybody. But Mary must have come back. And in John chapter 20, we read that she came back and met Jesus. And then she told everybody. Let me say this. Just, this is just a side note. You can have an encounter with all kinds of religion. You can have an encounter with all kinds of churches. You could have an encounter with an angel from on high that will not motivate you to do anything for Christ. But if you have an encounter with Jesus Christ, it'll change your life. And you'll start telling everybody. Folks, maybe that's what our, what our problem is today is we don't spend enough time with Christ. The Bible says that Peter and John were unlearned and ignorant men, but they could tell they'd been with Jesus. There was something different about them. They'd had an encounter with Christ. We've seen the one who despaired. We've seen the one who denied him. And I want you just to pause for a moment and consider the grace of Jesus Christ towards Peter. He was one of the, Jesus wanted Peter to be the first one to hear that he was alive. Then we see finally tonight the one who doubted. The one who doubted. The Bible says back in John chapter 20, I hope you held your place there. We can move there quickly. John chapter 20 and verse 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Can you believe the nerve of Thomas? Jesus told them that he would die, be buried for three days and three nights. He gave him the sign of Jonah, and that he would rise again. There was an empty tomb to prove it. Thomas could go over there and see it any time he wanted to, and he still did not believe. He says, i got to see him myself. And not only do I see him, uh, even if I recognize him, even if it looks like Jesus, i got to see the holes in his hands. i got to put my hand in his side. Read on what the Bible says. And after eight days again, his disciples were within and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the door being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to who? Thomas. Can you imagine Jesus walking in that room with a little smile on his face and looking over there and seeing Thomas? Thomas probably got as white as a ghost. 
I mean, if I were Jesus, I'd say, well, I don't care if he believes it or not. Too bad for him. He's in the boat. But not Jesus. Jesus made an appointment with Thomas that night. And he came and he showed himself. And the Bible says, Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger and behold my hands. And reach hither thy hand and thrust in him. It's like Jesus was listening in to Thomas's desires. And be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas reached forth his finger and thrust his hand in. That's not what the Bible says. Thomas didn't have to do any of that then. He knew it was the Lord. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Isn't God graceful? We have here one who was in despair. The empty tomb fixed that. We have here one that had been denying him, and the empty tomb fixed that. We have one here who had doubted him, and yet Jesus still dropped by and showed himself to him. The empty tomb fixed that. Let me ask you, can you identify with any of these three? Have you ever been in one of those positions? Have you ever been in despair? You ever felt so low, maybe despaired even of life? The Apostle Paul said he despaired even of life. You're, you're in good company. Charles Spurgeon said this, I have given to such fits of despair that I despair even of my life. You're in good company. This, this world is a place of affliction and persecution. This place is just a sojourning. We are just passing through. It is not our home, and so it should not be familiar to us. And it should not be friendly to us. Maybe you can relate without hope, thinking that you can't go on. Have you ever denied Christ? You say, I never did. No, but maybe you've denied him in your testimony or your behavior. Can people look at you and see Jesus Christ? Have you ever thought that you blew it in such a way that Christ could never forgive you? Have you ever doubted that he would come through? When we fail to pray, we're doubting Christ. Do we fall in despair when we hear the doctor's report or are we trusting God? Do we believe that he has all the answers? Are we failing to trust him? Friends, an empty tomb can fix all of that. Do you know that some of his closest followers had the same issues that we face today? They despair. Sometimes we deny him with our behavior. and Sometimes we doubt him. But once we witness that the Son of God is risen, it can change your life. A risen Savior changes everything. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We'll just read a couple verses and we're done. I read them at the beginning of the service. I want you to see just a few of these verses. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 12. <clears throat> now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? Do you see that Christ's resurrection is tied to ours? If Jesus Christ didn't rise from the grave, then we can go to the graveyard and everybody's still lying there and we'll always lie there. The Bible says in verse 14, And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain and your faith is also vain. It is pivotal that Christ is risen. If Christ is not risen, then we, there's no sense preaching. There's no sense having faith. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. 
For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Ye are yet in your sins. We are lost. And they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. How miserable was Mary Magdalene that morning when she thought the body was stolen? How miserable was Peter when he, for those three days, had to regret over and over denying Jesus Christ? How miserable was Thomas walking around thinking that Jesus was still in the grave or he was still dead and maybe his body had been stolen and yet he was alive? We are without hope. We are miserable if Christ be not risen. But look at verse 20. But now is Christ risen. There's hope. When you're in despair, go to Christ. When you doubt, go to Christ. When you deny him, with your life and your testimony, the Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Go to Christ. Can you identify with these? The risen Savior will forgive you. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for dying and thank you for rising again. Thank you for the wonderful gift of grace that we see in the life of these three and know that it's also been extended to us over and over again. May we take this time now to thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. And I'm not going to say much. I'm just going to ask you to do business with God. Why don't you thank him for the grace that he has shown you over and over again when we despair, when we deny, when we doubt. God is good.